All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Andrew Calderella, who is an inspirational speaker, trainer, and coach that specializes in helping everyone be their best in all areas of life while making a more significant, positive impact in our world. Andrew, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Thank you for having me on, on your show, and uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on, man. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself <clears throat> and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, well, when everybody talks or asks me that question about myself, they always want me to start at the beginning. So if you don't mind, I'll do that. Give a little intro. Go for it. All right. Um, so this is just uh, to say that this is not a competition between us. This is just to get to know me. You know, everybody's got their own hard stories, I'm sure. And uh, for me, this all started in 1966. I was born in Detroit, Michigan, uh, to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I was born with dyslexia, the learning disabilities, and a lazy eye. And a lazy eye meant they uh, put a patch over my good eye to make me look out of this bad eye. So I don't know if you can imagine this kid walking around, he couldn't do math or spell or catch a ball to save his life, but I was bullied a lot, uh, relentlessly, you know, thrown in trash cans, uh, stripped down naked, you name it. It's happened to me, even adults got into it. I had a teacher tell me I was too stupid to learn anything in elementary school and I should just quit. Uh, I did have a couple good people in my life that helped me and with their help, I was able to graduate from elementary school. I went on to high school, always been an athlete, uh, was in basketball and track, cross country. I've done martial arts, yogi, um, a, lot of, a lot of stuff like that. I ran for public office in 11th grade, kind of came out of my shell at that point. And, I graduated, went on to college right away, got, went there for forestry, but I got degrees in uh, speech communications, theology, and philosophy. I was on the crew, which is the rowing team, and I was elected programming commissioner for a little while. Right out of college, I got a job in Japan. I lived there for years, traveled around the world, uh, tried to start a business in Australia doing uh, a radio station. I've started a lot of businesses in my life, really started when I was a kid, and but I have to say, while all this was going on, uh, I've had a lot of other intense things happen. I was hit by cars numerous times, once when I couldn't really walk or stand up for many, many years. Attacked by dogs a number of times, once where I almost lost my leg. More fights than most people can imagine. Um, so a lot of traumas happened to me. But again, I've been on this mission uh, seemingly as long as I can remember since I was a kid. And it's been about how we can be the best people we can be regardless of what's happening in the world around us and how we can fix our world. And that's where I am right now. I just had my, my first book come out at the end of last year. This year is all about being, you know, getting on shows, being an indie author is a little difficult, but uh, you know, trying to spread the word, doing some training coaching programs that are in development and really trying to take this to the next level. And I just want to say just one more thing that this is just the start of something so much bigger that I have um, been shown and been and have plans. So I don't know, hopefully gives you a little idea of who I am and why I'm here. Awesome. Andrew, man, I love that. So you had a lot going on in your childhood. A question I like to ask people who have experienced a lot of adversity and are willing to talk about it is, um, I'm sure there were moments in your life where you had some limiting beliefs, some negative thoughts that were kind of taking over your mind. What do you do when those thoughts start popping up? This is a big topic. And just so everybody knows, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to cover it all right here, but I do have a video that I did on how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts and addiction. There's another one on addiction for this very reason. And it's also covered in the book. So, um, 
So my negative thinking started when I was really young. I mean, if people are calling you stupid every single day and mocking you and laughing at you every time you try to do everything, you naturally develop a negative mindset. It's almost inevitable. I've never talked to anybody that's gone through this kind of thing that had a positive mindset. So I, when I learned how to, when I learned that I could kill myself in elementary school, that was a big deal um, because I didn't really realize that you could do that. But I realized young after being uh, almost drowned by these kids at one point, I lost it. I lost my mind. I was screaming and yelling and just kind of then broke and was able to watch myself. And it, there was this calm part of me that was just like, it's okay, you're going to make through this. Just keep running. Just keep running. You know what I mean? You'll find somebody. Somebody will help you. Somebody will save you. Don't stop. And I think that there's this part of us in each of us that it's this good, true self that is striving to be in the world. And it's how do you be this when all the negative forces are uh, coming upon you? Now, I've, I've had also a lot of spiritual experiences. They started when I was really young. I've always been close to God, not God of the religion, but the true God. You know, I don't know how to describe that, but and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's we'll just always, leave that there. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave that there for now. Um, but yeah, that's always been a part of my life. So what do I do to overcome it is to really center yourself in your true self. The first question I talk about when I help people get over these things is when you want to kill yourself is to realize that's not what you really want. What you want is this trauma, this torment, this negative thinking, this, this suicidal mentality to stop. You know, if you have PTSD, you want that vision, that feeling that you get to just go away. And it just seems insurmountable. And that's what I teach people how to overcome that. And for me, um, because there was such a dichotomy, I also couldn't see very well. So I had this internal world that was very bright and very real and happy, but the outside world was so negative. Um, so for me, it always became like, look, who are you really? You know, you aren't what they're saying you are. Be the person inside that you really are, this, this good person, and it will help you get through this. And again, I, I go through all the steps on how to do all this stuff, but it's really taking positive actions will make you a positive person. I know that sounds hard. I know when you can't get out of bed, you're so depressed and you don't want to move. Sometimes it's just doing the basics throughout the day just to take care of yourself, brush your teeth, do the exercise, uh, you know, get your endorphins flowing in your body and meditating and doing all the rest of the pieces. By the end of the day, you're going to feel better. You do that day after day, month after month, you will become a better person, period. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so um, I had this guy on the podcast actually a long time ago now compared for the people listening, it's a long time ago, but he, he was talking about just get up and just do something. So what you're saying is when people are really in their head, they need to go take some positive action. Yeah. I mean, I've been so depressed. You got to realize like I was hit by a car. Um, once when I just started this business, a month later, I was hit by this car. I was laid out in bed and in agony. I had ruptured discs in my spine. Every time I took a deep breath, I'd spasm out to the point where I was like locked up and I couldn't breathe. And I mean, it was really tormenting. And you have to realize who you really are if you're going to heal yourself. You know, it's like I also got bit by a dog. I almost lost my leg. They told me, you're going to lose your leg in three days because it got all infected. And um, they were squeezing my leg every single day. You want to know pain? Somebody squeeze a dog bite. <laughs> Too bad. That was uh, my first experience, I think, was like 14 years old and, and ex you know, extensive pain over and over and over again. But uh, this idea of, again, who you really are, we're a forever being, your soul, your spirit, this, this true self that we're all trying to become, this better person, this, this, uh, this wonderful person that's inside of all of us, that's the person you have to focus on. Um, you know, sometimes it is about going mental, 
mental and in your mind and just taking control. You know, so many people's minds run like TV sets and we're at the mercy of where the channels are switching to and you have no control. I was blessed by the fact I got into martial arts when I was a kid. I also got into yoga, but I got into the philosophical side. So it was the meditation. And I was at a Zen, Zen retreat one time. And this is really key. This is one of the facets on how to control your mind. It's the idea of meditation. Now, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to meditate. But what I'm going to discuss right now, it's called like Zen meditation, the clearing meditation. Uh, meditation. It's about kind of not having all these thoughts flow through your mind. And once you learn the techniques of how to make that happen, I was in like my third day at the Zen retreat, no talking, uh, you know, just walking around meditating, listening to these masters teach you stuff. And my mind stopped. And ever since that day, I was a different person because it was no longer at the mercy of what was throwing through my brain. I was in control and I could stop the flow and really just focus on one thing or let the intuition or the, uh, what do I say, like the epiphanies come when you're sitting there and like, oh, now I got it. You know what I mean? It all kind of comes together. It's connecting your mind, a holistic mind where you're one instead of this Western mind where you're the id and the ego and the superego. And you know what I mean? it's like the shadow self. It's like you're, you're a multiplicity schizophrenic human being. If you study uh, Western, you know, the Western mind and the way they break it up. And I'm not saying it's truly like that. I've studied enough psychology to know, but the idea in the Eastern is to kind of create yourself into one being to where you're all in alignment and you are your true self. So does that make sense? Like, am I going off too far? No, no, man, that makes perfect sense. I love that. And so it's not really action. It's not really mindset work. It's more getting in touch with you and who you are. Well, I think it's both of those. You know, in, in psychology, there's like this big war between the mentalists where it's like, oh, you change your thoughts, you change who you are. And then it's the, you know, the biological guys. No, you change your actions. It changes who you are. And what I found it's both. Okay, you need to have what I call the, like your daily way mapped out that's going to help you integrate key virtues and best practices into your life. And if you follow those best practices on how to be a better person physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and you do that every single day, you will make yourself into a better person. You don't even have to believe it. You just have to do the action. It's like working out, right? You can do the first few days, you're just like, God, I hate this, I hate this. And after three months, you're like, wow, I'm pretty strong. <laughs> even if you weren't so happy doing it, and it kind of changes your mindset as you go along. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like the mental work. If you do the mental work, the physical work um, on taking the right actions, like getting out of bed and uh, working out, drinking water, eating the right way, you know, taking care of your body, exercising correctly, you're going to change the, the chemical makeup of your body and your mind. You know what I mean? And that positive flow is what helps you become a better person. So for me, it's both. And that's why I wrote The Way is because honestly, I've read thousands of books. I've studied so much. It's ridiculous. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. I've, I've learned things in my 40s. I'm like, you should know this when we're like growing up. Like people reading my book and they're like, wow, this should be taught in schools. It's because universal truths and best practices and the way to be after thousands and thousands of years of research and all these different genres, we found answers. The problem is that you as a human being, you're like, yeah, I'm living my life. I don't have time to read a thousand books. I don't have a time to do all this. And, and even then to find the right ones, you know what I mean? It's almost impossible. And it kind of drove me crazy because it seems like all the gurus out there, all they want to do is send, uh, sell you a million books. You know what I mean? Like they're, the next one just comes out, it's like, oh, great. I read all of, you know, a hundred books of Tony Robbins and I'm still not together. Why is that? You know what I mean? Because it, you need a co 
cohesive plan that covers all these different areas of life if you're truly going to be the best person you're going to be. So I've just tried to give it to everybody all at once. Absolutely. And that's in your book, The Way, which yeah. subtitled seven, seven Revolutionary Steps to Living a Meaningful Life and Making a Real Difference in the World. Yeah. And it's so funny. I have so many discussions about the title of my book with people. Um, I get the incred incredulous, usually men, they're like, dude, the way, how, how dare you? <laughs> you know, or it's the, it's not, you know, there's not one way. And I've actually had one guy say that to me and he read the book and two months later, three months later, he comes back and goes, you're right. This is the way. Because what I did is I, I discovered something. This isn't Andrew's way. This is the human way for us to become the best people we can be. And when I say that, it's like so fundamentally obvious. Like when I show this to, it doesn't matter who you are, college grads, you know, Harvard grads, whatever it may be, everybody's looking at this and they're like, show me the, the error. There are no errors in the logic. There are no flaws in what I'm teaching you. And I'm saying that humbly because I'm only here doing this because I showed this to people and they said this to me. I'm a dyslexic. I want you to realize it took me forever to write this 30 years of research and, and um, you know, work and writing to get to a point where it took me then five years to kind of write the final, final book. So this wasn't just like, I'm some writer guy just breaking it out and making some money. This is an, a life's mission. And again, um, it's not like you're gonna read my book and, and want a lot more. You're getting knowledge after knowledge after knowledge. So, and I'm doing courses. I know that not everybody's gonna read a book. So I'm trying to get this knowledge out to the world. And one of your questions was like, uh, what's your dream here? And it's, it's to make the, the knowledge within the way common knowledge. Like everybody understands some of the basic principles and the epiphany so that they can just teach their children and we can live this as a society because it'll fix everything. I love that. Dude, making my job easy. Straight into the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so make the knowledge in the book the way, common knowledge. And you see yourself going about that through your coaching, your training, getting the book out there, getting your courses out there. Um, what are some other dreams, goals, and visions that you have around this concept? Or is that, that's sure. it? Well, no, no. Um, you know, getting followers also to help spread the word, making common knowledge. Uh, you know, people say they, uh, they, when Google first came out, watch TV shows and they got people to say, oh, just Google it. That was like their big marketing. So it's like, I follow the way, I know the way. Do you know the way? Everybody knows what the way is. And I think it will help. But this vision, this, this mission I've been on, like I said, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences. I've been very close to God since I was very young. And again, this isn't the God of religion. This is the one creator God. And I, I don't want to say this to freak anybody out either, because I know there's a lot of anti-religious or anti-God people out there just don't really get it. Don't be freaked out by it. You can call the supreme being, the universe, whatever you want. This higher uh, connection um, has kind of showed me things. And there are systems that we need within our society if we're going to fix it. Uh, so this mission is, one, to start, get the book and all this stuff out. The seventh foundation is an entity behind the book that's going to hopefully take this on generation by generation and help spread the word. So I'm starting the seventh foundation. But there are other systems that uh, I need to build. I literally have a, a takeover for social media that I've already got investors that are interested in that I had to put on the back burner because I had to start this. Um, but that's going to come out. There's Again, I can't even get into all this stuff, but it goes way beyond this. And I'm just getting started. I've literally kind of came out of my shell in the last, you know, this last year, you know, uh, just this year. I've, I've been on shows. I started doing this and it's really kind of far out of my comfort zone, but it's what I'm trying to do. So I don't know how to say that. It's just starting. Got a lot further to go. 
man, I love that. I love that you're getting out of your comfort zone too, because that's where growth and impact happens and is maximized. So getting more followers, having it be common knowledge. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast about the way? Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually did start one last year. I've done two shows. Um, I did it live within my tribe. I started a tribe on Facebook. We started out within a month or so. We got like 400 people in there. So I started to shoot the show live in there uh, just at the end of last year, like uh, October, November, I took December off. So we're going to continue to do that. I'm also going to do trainings in there. Like uh, there's a lot of ways to get the knowledge out. You know what I mean? And so right now it's, you know, I'm a one man show. I'm trying to, to, to network with people and like yourself and others to where we can, you know, bring people in and help each other out and really create change in the world. You know, so we're not so siloed. You know what I mean? It's like so many good people have, everybody's got their own show, their own podcast, their own mission, their own whatever, but nobody's helping each other. So we don't, we're not making much of an impact, right? But you come on my show. I mean, you, you probably, I mean, you, you grow your show, you're making a big impact, but you know, if you go on uh, the Tonight Show, right? Or something like that, you then get to share your show with that audience and it can grow your following even more. So the whole idea here is like one of the, the keys that I'm trying to uh, create is this idea of the one movement, right? So we have the one movement is about joining all good movements together and all good people so that we can kind of coordinate together. I mean, just think about it like this, like how many environmental groups out there are there in the world fighting for some part of the environment? Literally, I mean, if you look tens of thousands, right? Imagine if all of them got together and just on certain things on certain days, promoted it to their people. Let's today all click on this petition to do X, Y, and Z in America. Let's all, you know what I mean? Let's save this wildlife refuge. We need to raise $300 million, you know what I mean? Or whatever to buy a, the rainforest, you know what I mean? Or whatever it may be. And then you would have so much more power. Now imagine adding on to that, all the civil rights and you know uh, human rights movements around the world. And the problem with those, same thing, right? It's like, Everybody's like fighting for the, hey, I'm an oppressed half black, half Asian, you know, quarter this uh, dyslexic guy. Can I have some free rights? And it's like, I got to start my own movement. I have to get my own people. No, why not? They all just join together. You know what I mean? We're all human, human first and help everybody out. So there's that, that one guy that's in, you know, Asia and the guy that's in Africa, the guy that's in Europe, the guys in America, they can all kind of join together and help each other. And it, I, I believe me, if you start a movement and you're in one of these places where it's really difficult, but you're like, yeah, but I got a hundred million people that are in this movement with me. You know what I mean? That are backing me up, sending me resources, helping me out. You can make a bigger difference. So that's what I'm trying to do. So the one movement is about joining all these groups and people together into one so that we can then focus and really make changes in the world. And when I say that, just think about it like this. If we had a billion people, right? Which isn't, Facebook has over a billion people, right? have a billion people join together in a group and let's say millions and millions, hundreds of millions give a dollar a month, others click on a petition and a bunch of them show up in different places. I mean, we could change the world. Seriously, within like two or three years, it'd be like over, we're done. Equality, uh, environmental justice, you name it, we got it done. But they keep dividing us and siloing us and all that. So I'm trying to unite us. Make sense? I know, I saw your face. I, I think you want to say something. Andrew. <laughs> Dude, I don't think you realize how much we're resonating right now. Like, I kid you not. Do you see this thing behind me? Left with love, connected by choice? Yes. This is my nonprofit idea for ending poverty around the world. And I literally say, 
I want to unite 1 billion people around the world to act in a focused, unified, consistent manner to end poverty around the world. And if we did that, there is no way people would still be in poverty. So I'm right there, same level with you, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Joy, I got, I'm starting this on Facebook. You know, there's a lot of places to do it. And again, I need help. I'm, I'm doing all this myself. But it's like joining your group and your people, and then all of those people bring their groups and their people. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't even have to take that long once this idea spreads. Like your idea about ending poverty combined with the idea of uh, environmental justice, human rights, um, you know, ending pollution, you name it it all kind of goes together, right? Because poverty is really based in, in a false economic system, right? Because if you look at the world, there are people in America uh, that are working full-time, beyond full-time, that are below the poverty line. Okay, there are companies that are making hundreds of billions or whatever dollars profit, that they're calling it profit, but their people are gone food stamps that work for them full-time. See, this is, this is unfair. And people are calling those profits. They're really not profits. They're stealing them from these workers, right? Because part of the idea of a business is to solve problems. If you're not in business to solve problems, you really shouldn't be in business. And one of the biggest problems that we have in the world is poverty, is the environmental degradation, right? So if you're in a business and you're underpaying people, you're adding to the problem. If you're destroying the environment, then you're adding to the problem. You're not part of the solution. So you, you can't think of business as, oh, it's just business. It's separated from everybody in all the world. It's only about money. That is ridiculous. Business is a key part of the formation of society, and it needs to play its proper role. And the only way it can do that is if it actually uh, provides for the people that work for them. Because then those people, and this is economics 101, and this is where it just blows my mind like nobody gets this. If you just paid the people that were poor, who are working full time, a, a really decent wage, you would grow the economy like that. I mean, because all those people, they don't have enough money to buy stuff. Now, what are they gonna do? They're gonna turn around and buy shoes and socks and you know, toasters and send their kids to college. And you know what I mean? It's gonna, it's gonna spur the world. They're just like, you're be like, oh, we need more customers. We need more customers. There's literally billions of customers waiting to buy that would buy tomorrow if you just paid them properly. So, you know, the idea, like I said, that we, that we have to live this way is ridiculous. There's literally probably 100 people in the world that are deciding we continue to live under this old system. And everybody I talk to, like yourself and all over the world, everybody knows this is wrong. Literally, the majority of the people of the world do not want to live in pollution and horror and have the world destroyed and have dysfunctional governments and companies destroying everything. You know what I mean? We all want it to work out. And yet it's not. And it's only because some of the people get corrupted. They don't have the way, this core belief, this core understanding on how the world works. So they, you know, perpetuate the past destructive way of being. Does that all make sense? Dude, makes We're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're right there together. Well, here, let me ask you this. If there are one or two people right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person that you could meet that would really help you take the next step towards this goal of getting the way out there, uniting those people, who would they be and how would they do it? Right now, I'm looking for people with excess wealth and time. And I just do not have access to the resources that I need to make this happen. I'm not looking to be rich. I'm looking to get you know, uh, certain technologies and hire people to do things so that we can spread the word and make this stuff common knowledge. And again, if you don't think this is worth it, I've literally had everybody look at my stuff and tell me, yes, this is the way 
for you to become the best, the knowledge in there, how to create a better world and everything else is 100%. So what am I missing? And I've been hit with some you know, tragic things throughout my life. Uh, my father just, I mean, didn't just, he died a while back and take care of my mom. He's got some health issues. She's basically disabled and I'm doing all this myself and it's a lot of work. So for me, it's resources and time, right? So if you have money, you can get all the resources you need. If you have other people, you multiply your man hours. You know, it's like somebody says, yeah, I got a hundred thousand man hours a day working on my business, right? As one person, you can only spend eight, 10, 12, whatever hours, right? So the more people you have and the more money you have, the biggest, uh, the more impact you can make. So that's what I'm trying to do. Build my tribe, uh, people and Try to connect with people that have wealth that really want to make a, a bigger impact on the world. And just give me a shot if you're hearing this. You know, talk to me. See what we can do. There we I go. I will not let you down. I love it. Excess wealth, resources, and time. If you have that or you know somebody that has that, make sure to make the connection to Andrew and hook that up. What is one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you take the next steps? Sure. Uh, join me on all my social media. Uh, I have a website, 7 Me. Uh, that's the number seven, W-A-Y dot M-E. It's named that because the way of seven steps, the seventh foundation is the organization behind everything. You can think of it like a command, seven way me. So you say seven way me, it takes you right to this website and gives you all this good stuff. And on there, you find my social media, you find all the shows I've been on, um, you can buy the book, you can find the way there and all the rest that's gonna happen uh, down the road. You can sign up on a, on a newsletter. The key here is to, to stay in touch. You know, I know that everybody, out there is jaded and like, yeah, this guy's probably just saying stuff that they've heard before and all this kind of stuff. I seriously would not be here doing this book. You don't, I'm people that you don't necessarily know me. I started business in my whole life. I've got a consulting business. I've got a drug testing business. I've got a, a literally a billion dollar social media play right in my back pocket that everybody loves right now. I'm not putting all that to the side because I want to make endless money selling a book. I don't know if you know this, but you make about a dollar a book. So <laughs> to become rich selling a book, man, you got to sell a lot of books. This is about something that's greater than me. This is about a mission. And like I said, everybody I talk to says that this is the truth. So it's about speaking the truth and getting it out there. So people don't have to live such un, you know, what am I saying? Oh, says, it's like so many of us want to be good and we want a better world. And we're so earnest, but we, we're not really making the impact or changing things that we want to change. And it's because we do not know how. I literally outline the steps on how to peacefully force positive change, how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts, how to take yourself down the steps to becoming the best person you can be. And this knowledge was gained on every type of genre you can imagine. I had to study down to the nth degree of biology and psychology and all the rest of the ologies to figure this out and pull out all these little golden threads and weave them together so that we can all benefit from them. So, and I want to say this to you too. One of the keys that I have found um, is that if you are going to be your best, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And this is the problem with pretty much every self-help book and success book I've ever found is it's always what they don't say that ends up kicking your butt, right? So if it's not holistic and it doesn't cover all of your life, you're never going to get there because it's that, oh, well, my relationships are always screwed, but man, I'm healthy. You know what I mean? It's like, how, you're not going to be healthy. Oh, I, my mom, my third wife, and my kids hate me. That's not a good place to be. You know what I mean? Your relationships, you need your health, you need your finances, uh, you need to, your emotions, your spirit, everything working together and you need to know how to make it work for you if you're really going to be your best. Does that make sense?
Yeah, man, that makes perfect sense. I completely resonate with that. And even when I've read a decent amount of self-help books myself, when they touch on the fact that it'll be like a business book, and they'll be like, well, you need to make sure you take care of your health too. Otherwise all of this will fail. And then they'd say nothing about how to take care right, of like, like how to do it, right? <laughs> It's like Think and Grow Rich. People compare my book to think, like the modern day Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich was written over a 30 year period by a super rich guy that paid another guy to, or he didn't even pay him. He just commissioned him to write this book. Um, and it was really to go out and find what a whole bunch of super rich people thought made them successful. And if you go through the book, you'll find, um, I'm not sure how much time we have on the show. Do we have? Oh, you're good. 30 minutes to okay. an hour, man. So. Okay, okay. Well, let me go into this a little bit because let me just tell you the four pieces of what the solution needs and I'll tie this back into Think and Grow Rich for you. Um, the solution everybody is looking for needs to have four characteristics if you're gonna be the best person you're gonna be. It needs to be something that I found that everybody wants that they, they can live, right? It can't be something you do once in a while. You, don't, you can't go to the mountains for 20 years and finally become somebody. You know what I mean? It needs to be something we can all live. It needs to be um, rational, reasonable, Right? It needs to be logical. It needs to be fun. It needs to be holistic, meaning it needs to cover all of your life. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So it's uh, living rational and it needs to be positive. It's about integrating the good into your life. And this is one key insight that I wish everybody knew. Okay, What does it mean to be a good person? What does it mean uh, to really become the best person you can be? And what we call the best, the best traits in people, we call these virtues. I know it's an old word. People hear that all the time sometimes, but they really don't know what it means. You know what I mean? It's about being reasonable and rational and logical, but also healthy and happy and fun and having great relationships, a good communicator, and all the rest of the facets that you're like, I want that for myself. Oh, I admire that in that person. I would like to have that skill, that ability. Those are virtues. So it's got to be about integrating virtue into your life. These are all the possible things you want. Not one of them, all of them, right? Especially the key foundational ones. And then the fourth characteristic is action because a virtue, let's say uh, punctuality, right? Requires you to take specific actions and there can be more than one, right? Leaving on time, setting reminders, you know, so forth and so on, being healthy, sleeping, great sleeping program, eating program, exercise program. And there's, and there's a lot of small ones in there, water, how much water you drink, when you were, you know what I mean? All these things. So it's about living rational, positive action. It's about integrating virtue and best practices into your life. And like you said, think and grow rich. You want to be healthy. <laughs> it's like, that's what drove me crazy about half these books. It's like, they say these things and they never tell you how. So the whole idea of the way is literally to show you how to integrate virtues and best practices into your life, starting with the keys that everything else is built upon. So that's what the way is. The way is living rational, positive action. And then we break it down in seven steps and literally show you step one on how all of humanity can start there and walk through these steps and become a better person. And it gives you all those details, just so you know. I love that. I'm gonna buy the book and read it. Yeah, well, let me say this too. Um, the way is uh, three books. The first book is out. This one has all seven steps and all the philosophy. The, the key, like you were talking about, like how to be healthy. Um, and step five of the way, it's called B, you learn how to create your daily way, which is literally a map on how you integrate key virtues and best practices into your life. But then you need to know, like, like you said, how do you be healthy? How do you get the best sleep of your life? How do you deal with food? How do you, you know, I mean, all these variables, that's all covered in the second book, right? So it's a pretty hefty book too, like this one. Um, the third book is the child and family guide, because what good would this be if we don't learn how to teach this to our kids, right? So the, the third book is all about how you can raise your kids to be the best people they can be by integrating these 
uh, principles into their lives. And this is really how we change the world because it's always, you know, older people, we get this knowledge like, yeah, I wish I knew that when I was 12, right? But if we teach these kids from birth the right ways of being, meaning the best practices, and these become their habits, that's what you're trying to do is create habits around these best practices, they won't have to relearn anything. They will be this way from birth and they will know how to eat, how to deal with their mind and their emotions and their bodies and have great relationships and all the rest of the facets that you need to be the best, right? And that's how you create a better world because you become a better person now. Yeah, you've missed the first 20, 30, whatever, 40 years, uh, but you can still change. But then we teach the next generation and generation by generation of spreading this knowledge and integrating it into our kids, it's, it's naturally gonna create a better world. It's like knowing freedom. You're not gonna unknow the, the idea of freedom. You're gonna want it. And once you know the universal truths that are in this book and uh, in the way, it just makes sense. You're gonna be like, yeah, of course, I'm gonna do this. Hey, you know what you should do? You should partner with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And I know, it's like who to talk to, where to go. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I've emailed them. Um, you know, you gotta email all these people. I think they're more into promoting their ideas and they don't know me yet. I don't know. I need to create my own Napoleon Hill Foundation. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what this, the seventh foundation is that idea. So it's going to help promote all of this stuff, uh, training programs, information, you know, marketing departments, everything you can imagine. You need an organization behind this. And when people look at what I have, here's, here's, let me just tell you this. I showed this to a bunch of publishers and I didn't know this, but uh, apparently a bunch of publishers that they all know each other. So they checked in on my book. Like, hey, have you guys heard? This guy's shopping this book around. You heard about this? And there's a meeting and one of them uh, told me what, what happened in this meeting. They were like, the bottom line was like, nobody's ever seen a book written like this. There's never been a book written like this. They said, this is totally new. Most books come out, they're a regurgitation of Tony Robbins or Covey or- um, Napoleon Hill. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon Hill, Deepak Chopra, you know, people like that. And they're just take out pieces and they make a book and whatever. This, they say is a game changer. It is different and it's written different, meaning it's not written in the endless story mode where you're like, wow, oh, I just read 18 pages and he finally got to the point. It's, I need to be dedicated. Okay, the next chapter, you know what I mean? It's, it's literally, and this is the, the, the idea of this idea about living virtue. Um, let me tie it back to the Pauline Hill's book. I guess I didn't do that. Um, so think and grow rich, 30 years, uh, certain virtues or, or beliefs. If you look at the Napoleon Hill books, they're literally virtues in the title of that book. You can pretty much look at it and go, yeah, that's a virtue. I'd like to be dedicated, go the extra mile, whatever it may be. Um, but it's not enough. You know what I mean? How much, I've met, I've met a lot of wealthy people and most of them are not happy. They're very unhealthy. They have unhealthy relationships. Uh, most of the men that have the most money seem to be divorced more times than the other men. I mean, it's not like just having money is the solution, you know what I mean? Or just having power or fame. These are tests. These are challenges that if you do not handle them well, they will corrupt you. And corruption is thinking that something that is bad is good or not even seeking to do good when you can, right? So you become rich and you're like, I'm out. I'm just going to go kick back on the beach for the rest of my life and stuff my house with gold. It's like, let those poor people keep working for me in poverty and I'm just keeping dumping the stuff in the rivers. I, I made an extra hundred million this year and I'm happy. You know, and I, I talk to people and get into their lives and they're really not happy. They feel unfulfilled and they're trying to chase something that can never be found. Like if you're always chasing money, there's always more money and there's probably always somebody that's richer than you. So if that's your competitive spirit, like that's the goal of life, you're never gonna win. You're always gonna fail, right? 
And the same thing with uh, fame or uh, beauty, you know, intelligence. None of these are the total goal of life. They are pieces. You may need money. Obviously, we all need enough. Um, you may be famous. You may be whatever. But it's not like that is what's going to make you happy. And in the book, I go, I break it down to this. It really, the true goal of life is what a loving mother wants for her kid. And it's what we all want. We all want to be happy and healthy, have enough, you know what I mean? Uh, have great relationships, have something that we're passionate about that's good, that maybe we can support ourselves with and beyond so that we can thrive in life. You know what I mean? All these facets, that's what everybody wants. So it's like, how do we get that? That became the focus of my entire life. And that's why I wrote the way. Does that all make sense? Yeah, man. Making perfect sense to me. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, awesome. Let's jump into our thriving three real quick. And then I have one more question for you. What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Gosh, you know, I looked at that question and I have to say the way, and I know that sounds self-serving, but the problem with most of the other books, as far as self-help and success and all that, they always give you little pieces, but they never give you the complete picture. So I can never pick one of those. And I don't know. I mean, I have read a lot of science fiction and fantasy books too. Um, let me say this. I'll give you three that might help people understand what, what is, uh, what the, what the corrupted leaders are using to manipulate us and destroy the world. With. One of them is, um, uh, I just said that, you know, it's like every time I try to pull out a list out of my brain, uh, Prince by Machiavelli, right? And you got, um, wait, one more time on that one. The Prince by Machiavelli. And then, uh, what is the one, the war one with, in the East? It's like, uh, the art of war. Yeah. The art of war. So there's principles in both of those books that people use to divide and conquer and manipulate and, you know, and they, they do it in business, they do it in politics, and it's been the old school. Uh, the third one is Captain and Kings, which is a, I think it's by a guy named Taylor. It is a science fiction book, but it really kind of outlines how the backroom deals of the world work, uh, if you want to uh, check those out. So for me, it's like, uh, it's not that we're, we, we are against the people in power. We are not against the people that have fallen to the dark side. We want to help them become better people. You are not going to change this world through violence or hatred. You're going to change it through love. And the only way you can find love for people that are so lost is through pity. Can you not feel sorry for somebody who has brought up and became this horrible person that is um, believing these horrible things? You could take the worst person in the world, Hitler, the worst racist, the worst polluters and all this. And like, what happened to little Johnny? You know, what happened to that kid that he grew up and became this, such a horrible, destructive force in the world? And that's where it starts. We're not always going to change everybody, but you're never going to change people by throwing mud and shade and slapping them in the face and everything else. You know, you're just going to create defensiveness and more war and anger and hatred. All right. So I think that in our world right now, this idea, what I just said, is so whispered and so quiet where everybody's yelling and screaming at each other and nobody can hear. I'm telling you, it's going to lead to war. Hatred, violence, you know, no, no atrocity or tragedy is going to be overcome and made right by another tragedy and atrocity, right? It's just going to create another one after that and another one after that if everybody keeps doing the same thing. You know, an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. The idea of, in the Bible of the eye for an eye has to be balanced with the idea of turn the other cheek. There are times for both, 
But if you're always taking an eye, it's never going to lead us anywhere. So there's so many Christians, so many Muslims, so many uh, Jewish people and all the rest in the world that are good people that are lost and doing wrong, thinking it's good. And just to stay on that for a second, I've studied history, all of human history. I have never once seen, well, say never, 99.9% um, .9 of the time, people that are doing the most greatest evils in the world think they're doing good. Okay, evil, I mean, Hitler was not out there. We follow Satan. We want to destroy everybody's lives. We want to enslave. No, that's not what he was saying, right? He was like, we're doing justice and we're going to save the you know, people and all this kind of stuff. That's what he was saying. He may have been lying, but he wasn't out there saying he's evil. People don't follow evil people. They follow people saying good. And then the, in the background, they may be doing evil. They may be lying to them. But the whole idea is it's like even in America. I mean, this, right, this red-blue war that uh, people are been put into, right? It's a big false thing. It's been done to us throughout all of human history. And in America, it's being done right now, where both sides are looking at each other and saying, you're stupid, you don't understand, you're being manipulated, blah, 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 right? They say the same exact thing and just pointing the finger at the opposite person. So what's happening here? I've seen this happen in all of human history. And when you talk to people, everybody wants the same thing. You talk to both sides. Do you want fair and free elections? Yes. Do you want less pollution? Yes. Do you want businesses working for people and not destroying the world? No. Yes. Do you want functional? Yes. Do you want roads? Yes. Do you want, I mean, you go down the list. Everybody wants the same things. So what's happening is we're getting divided by a few leaders that are intentionally doing this to us so they can gain more power, wealth, and faith. And the way that we can combat this, and again, I'm starting another group. It's called the One Party. So the party is about a political party that is about uh, implementing real solutions, regardless of politics, to make the world work better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to make government work for everybody. And once you understand what government's role is, it's not that hard to figure out uh, how we should be doing things. And if business is taking its rightful role in society, government doesn't need to do as much because people have the money to do it themselves. You know what I mean? If, anyway, I can go on and on and on. But this whole idea of how we fix the world is... Um, I think is all happening right now. My friends know me, they know I've been delayed like my whole life, and, you know, hit by cars and dogs and you name it. Uh, and I literally got my the way out during the pandemic. So it was like, everybody's like, this is why Andrew, because at this time is when you needed to show this to people so that they're more awake. You know, human beings need to be shaken to awaken and burn to learn, right? The, the world is more awake right now than it ever has been in all of human history. We are also more connected than ever before. So not only are we awake, but we have the facility for you and I to talk, share this with millions of people. We could, we could have money flowing from all over the world, groups talking, changing everything. This has never, ever happened. And we have a short window right now to make all this stuff happen. So again, that's why I'm here. I'm hoping people are hearing me. Don't just be so jaded that you walk by this because then you'll be part of the problem. You know, part of the problem is good people not doing the right things or not doing, um, or doing the wrong things or doing nothing, right? We all gotta join together and take the right actions. Otherwise it's gonna be meaningless. And we're going, wow, the world's destroyed. We're in another war, the evil people are taking over. It's because we all sat by and did nothing or didn't do the right things. So let's do it this time. Let's not let this happen again. There we go, man. I love it. <laughs> What's one way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, by taking care of all the pieces you know you if you neglect any one key area of your life it will destroy you 
I mean, I, I've talked to enough people and coached enough people. They all say the same thing. That's true for you. That's true for everybody. So, you know, it's, it's not only um, working at things, but realizing if you have something good in your life, we live in an entropic universe, which means everything degrades. So if it's a relationship, it's uh, your body, your health, whatever it may be, you need to keep working at it and keep it going. Otherwise it's going to fail on you. So it's learning how to, it's like, uh, I use this analogy where, you know, those guys that spin the plates around, you know, they, they run around and they got 10 plates and they're spinning on these sticks. You ever seen that? Yep. Yeah. It's like, that's what your life is like. It's like my relationships, my finances, my health, my, you know, it's like, that's what you got to do. You got to do it every single day. Otherwise, you know, two, three years from now, you're like, oh, I'm in the hospital. My back's broken. That's because you sat at your desk all day and didn't work. You know, oh, I'll take care of my health. I'll just smoke for a few years. No, now you have cancer and it's too late. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's, you know, rounding out the day, living the daily way and making sure you get all those pieces in every day. So keep making yourself a better person and keeping what's good, good. Don't neglect it. There we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now? to really get to your highest priority dream of spreading the word about the way. Yeah, I have a pretty clear action plan. It just depends on how fast resources come in. Um, this next step, so this past year, my first year was get the book done. This last year has been getting out there and talking and building groups. And you know, I went on social media, I've got 20,000 on LinkedIn and thousands here and there and there, started a tribe. So it's talking to people. Now it's about doing videos. And like you said, maybe my own podcast, trying to get the message out there and making it common knowledge. So I'm gonna be doing a training program, trying to figure out how to do that, doing a bunch of mini ones first, and then maybe having a major training, you can get everything all in one, uh, you know, trying to reach out to people and network. That's really the, my goal right now. There we go, there we go. And our last question, you kind of already answered it honestly, but I'll just ask it anyway and recap it for our listeners. Sure. I typically, in the show with this question and it's that a lot of people live their whole life with a fixed mindset not willing to accept help not willing to accept change sometimes they'll die like that other times they'll make the change to more of a growth mindset willing to accept help willing to accept change in your opinion what's the catalyst earlier you said humans need to be shaken to be awakened and burned to, to learn can you elaborate on that for us sure but i also think there's two different types of personalities too that really dominate that ability to change some people just like sameness you know what i mean they don't travel much they don't they don't deal with difference very well so it's it's uh then there's other people that want to travel and meet people and see new things and experience it and try to understand it so there are two types of people the people obviously the second part i just talked about the people who like to change are the easiest ones to coach and all that because they're open the other people sometimes um, want the change, but again, they're, they're more conservative. They don't want to take these big steps. So my, my coaching for them is let's take a bunch of little steps in these areas. You know what I mean? If it's uh, your health and your relationship and your finances, let's just do a little bit on all these so you can feel like you're, you're moving somewhere, but it's not so scary that you're like, wow, I, now I have to go ahead and stand up in front of a thousand people. You know, they're freaking out. You know, It's like, no, let's just have a conversation between you and me. You know, see how we can look each other in the eyes. No, I've met very shy people or people have had um, traumatic things happen to them. And it's hard sometimes to reach out again. You know, you've been burned, literally. Uh, and people look at you and you're scarred and whatever. And you, you feel like you're, you're lesser. You know what I mean? How do you feel equal and not feel that way? You know what I mean? It's like this internal dialogue that you have to have with yourself. Um, and let me just say this because I, I know I just went here. 
and I feel like I have to say this, there's a lot of negative thinking out there. I've, I've talked with people and people, a lot of times don't like to deal with it or talk with it or talk about it, but there's sometimes like this negative voice in everybody's head. Like everybody I've ever talked to, if they're freely admitting it, they'll hear this negative nanny, you know, just chattering at you like you're nothing or whatever. And a lot of people experience that. And what I wanna say to you is that stop hearing that like they're telling you something that's true Think of it like it's like some crazy guy that's like yelling in your ear and you're like, you have the choice to take that in and internalize it. Yeah, yeah, I'm stupid. Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. You know, that's how I was as a kid. Or you could be like, no, you're the one you know, that has the problem because you're the one who keeps saying this stuff to me. And you can have this battle in your head. And what you'll find is like, it's your subconscious. And a lot of times it may be your higher self testing you. Think of it like, uh, this conversation with religious people like the devil like satan isn't in this world walking around it's people that have been turned into evil that are doing all the evils in this world so they're listening to these voices going yeah why don't you just stab that guy just fucking stab 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 and he stabs him you gotta and the devil's like what an idiot why did you do that why did you say no dude i'm not gonna do that that is wrong you know that's like the whole thing. so that's what i'm saying to you it's like the good Good people and bad people, we all have the potential to be either one. It's like, which one do you want to be? Which focus do you focus on? And if you want to be good, you've got to fight against the bad within and without. When I say fight, a lot of the times it's just like go of it, meaning it's it's a surrender more than it's like, I got to battle this, battle this, battle this. Just let the thing go and then focus and let the goodness fill you up. And that will be who you are every day. Does that make sense? It does. No, it went off a few tangents there, but hopefully it made sense. Seems extremely hard to implement. Well, okay, let me let me just say this then. This is this is the key. Okay. It's only as hard as you believe it is. And I want to say this. Let's talk about this idea of belief. Okay. This is the core at the core, step four of the way. I have to get through the first three basic steps. Step four. This is one of the greatest insights I ever had in my entire life and is one that I wish everybody internalized and really knew and you told your children. And it is this, and I've, I've, this comes from deep psychology. And I'll just give you an analogy or an example from Freud. Freud was, uh, I believe it was Freud. He was doing a study on these two people, very similar problems. One guy was succeeding and the other guy wasn't. What is the difference? What is the difference? You know what the difference was? It was the simple belief of the one guy that he could fix himself, that he could be healed, and the other guy didn't believe it. That was it. And I want to take this to another level. Faith healing, placebos, same thing, right? Because a placebo, they've literally given like fake painkillers. People have their legs blown off and they're like, yeah, man, thanks for the painkillers. Like, dude, that was just a water pill. It was nothing. But their mind is able to stop it. Um, I had my dog or dog bite my leg. It was infected for, I don't even know, I was a kid, like a month. And Three days before they were gonna cut my leg off, my mom told me this. She goes, you know, on Friday, they're gonna to have to remove your leg because it's gotten too affected. I was like, what? You know, I was blown away. And, and when I was a kid, my sister had almost died a bunch of times and had all these things. I always had this idea in me that my mom told me like, there's, there's, there's like warriors in you that go and fight the bad guys in you. So I just got all my warriors down there and they were like fighting all the bad guys. Went on Friday, they're gonna cut off my leg and there was no infection. So it's your belief system that will change this. And there are core beliefs, and this is all covered in st uh, step four of the way, that 
if you have them and you hold them, will guide you throughout your life, through all the trials and tribulations that you go through, will be a yardstick that you can measure everything by. And you can, uh, and just by adhering to these, everybody talks about their core values. All right, what's your core values? What, what are your core values? People don't even know, or they list out things that aren't values. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like family. Okay, family is, is a thing that you have, but it's not really a value. A value is more like, um, you know, treating people as equals. You want to be treated. You know, there's a bunch of them that are listed here, but these ideas can change the way. I just mentioned two. There's three ideas that can change the entire world. That are There's 10. These 10 laws, I call them the 10 laws to live by, but just three. Let me just tell you what they are. One is uh, that all people are equal. The second one is treat people as you want to be treated, which is the golden rule. And the third word is respect life. Now, equality, I could get into this. We could probably talk about this for 10 minutes. But the idea is that we're all human beings, right? This is true with science and true in faith. God created all of us. Uh, science knows that our DNA is 99.9 same. Uh, it just is where you lived and were born depends on what your skin color is like. And, but, the, but they're meaningless differences because we're all human. You need to eat and sleep and want relationships. You want all the same things that everybody else does. So this idea of equality with, and treating others as you want to be treated, that idea, right? Has, has been in every philosophy uh, and theology that I've ever studied. And they're covered in the book. This idea of treating others as you want to be treated would solve so many problems because all the inequities wouldn't, you couldn't do it. Like George Floyd would never have been murdered if you saw him as an equal and you were treating him as you want to be treated. Pretty much every inequity that you've ever seen in society are cured by those two, two things. And you throw on respecting life, which is about caring for our world and our environment so that we can thrive. I mean, this is literally the womb our spaceship in which we live, right? We need it to be working well if we're all going to work, you know, or live. So, I mean, just those three ideas. I mean, they're simple. Um, you know, one of the greatest gifts that people can give you is to take the complexities of life and make them simple. Those are three ideas that sound simple. I can say them in three words, but literally can change the entire world. Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right. Well, that's what I'm saying to you people out there. Don't just pass by this. If we can make this common knowledge, meaning you're living this, these ideas, just think about a business like, and take any of the horrible businesses in the world, equality, respecting life and equal, uh, treating people as you want to be treated. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like apply that to any business and you're like, well, yeah, no, you're not dumping that in the river. You're, you're not creating endless plastic trash. You're not paying people below poverty wages. You know what I mean? It's, you, you just couldn't because you, you're going to treat them like, well, I, I'm not going to dump down the river because I wouldn't want to drink that water. I wouldn't want to be underpaid and uh, work to death and just thrown away like, some, like I'm trash or something. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that it's us two men and I cover this in the book, that have the greatest problems with this. We, especially in a boys club, men on men, right? It's always a fight. Like we're gonna, I gotta put my, there's like two types of men. There's the guys that are so secure, they don't really care. They're like, yeah, man, I'll work with you. I'll do whatever, I'll help you out. But then there's the other type of guy that's just like, no, I gotta put my thumb over you. It doesn't matter. If they see you as some type of competition threat, you speak better than them, you're taller than them, you're whatever better than them. They think they gotta, they gotta put you down. They gotta you know, take something away from you to make themselves feel good. And again, that goes back to raising our kids properly because these bullies grow up to become these people. So if we help the bullies not be bullies as kids, we can help create a better world. I can go on forever, as you know, <laughs> kind of stuff, but, but hopefully that makes sense too. Yeah, dude, thanks. I love it. And I'd love to keep chatting, but I got to run because I got another one in three minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No worries. Awesome.
Well, Andrew, man, it was great to have you on. Um, hopefully you come on again and we're talking yeah, about this it. in a much bigger way. And yeah. the steps down. That we've made. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to have you on my show too. And let's get our groups together, everybody. Let's join and uh, change the world. The time is now, right? You got to seize it while it's here. There we go. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Andrew had to say, make sure to pick up a copy of The Way. It's in most stores and links to it. I'm sure it's on Amazon. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yep. It's on Walmart, Amazon, everywhere. Uh, and go to my website, 7 Me. That's the number 7, W-A-Y dot M-E. You can find links to everything there. And contact me, whatever you want. There we go. And as we always ask, send this show to one to three people you know need to hear the message. Actually, for this show, let's make it 10. Send it to the first 10 people in your phone because <laughs> they all need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. All right.